Hey guys, welcome to Discover Podcast. We're so glad to be back here. We're going to go back into the book of Romans. It's uh, it's a Monday upload, so we're going to do uh, Jesus in the scriptures, right? So uh, chapter 8 of Romans, verse 31. Everybody knows this passage, and uh, we want to go into the depths of the true reality of this, uh, this, this scripture. So far, I'm already reading it, and oh man, this is just so crazy because it begins, you know, uh, super powerful. It's super powerful, and I want this to be something that we all are rooted in these days. Uh, after this the, after this podcast that I pray that every single person is finally rooted in Christ Jesus in everything that we do. What we do and we live in this life, it will depend on what we believe in always. So everything is going to change after this, uh, depending on how much we believe what we're reading here, right? So that's just why I love doing this podcast because reading the scriptures does so much. This is why I'm going through this book uh, because it's just so powerful, right? So verse 31 says this, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Man, this is so beautiful because I'm going I'm to just go through what that verse just said. He died for us and was raised to life for us. Like in other words, it's for us. The reason why he died and resurrected is so we can have life and life more abundantly. And then it says, and he is sitting at the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Even now, he is pleading for us all, right? We were always talking about when we believe in what he has done on that cross since chapter one. He died for us and he resurrected for us so he can be with us. And just by believing, we have this new reality with God in our lives, right? So I'm going to go back to 31. It says, uh, what shall we say about such wonderful things? Because I'm just recapping pretty much all that we've read. And it's basically all that, you know, in one sentence. It's what he's done for us. Uh, it says, if God is for us, if this is the reality of God in our lives, then who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Everything else we desire. It's like that scripture that... that, that um. That is in Matthew it says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and then all these, everything else will be given unto you. Everything else will be given unto you unless he is our first. So it says here, how, how is it that God gave us everything in Jesus? He gave his son, he gave his most precious possession that he has ever held, God the Father, and he's given it to us freely. How is it that we will not receive anything else? But this is the thing is that he actually gave him first before we were in existence. Before we were even born, he gave Jesus first, which means we need to seek Jesus first. And besides, um, after that, everything else will be given unto us. Then it says, who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. And another reason why is because we've been justified because of what Jesus has done. Then it says here, no one for God himself has given us right standing with himself. He gives us the right standing. Why? Because he actually died for our sins. He actually took our sins when he had no sin. And with that same blood that's washing us now, we have right standing with him. No one accuses him. So that means we are able to stand in front of God face to face today, right now, because of what he has done. And 34 says, 
who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus. This is why there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because he died for us and was raised to life. Who then will condemn us? And then he says, no one, because Jesus died for us. This is why. So we won't be condemned. He was raised to life so we can be in front of him and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Always pleading, always saying, man, Father, show them that they're still righteous, that they're still forgiven, that they're still able to be in front of me. It's all about Jesus dying for us. This is how we can be in front of God all the time. This is how we can be in front of him every single day. There is no condemnation for us. Why? Because of what Jesus has done. Simple. 35 says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. Now, I'm going to stop here because there's something very interesting with this passage that no one really actually preaches on. Um, only one person I've heard preach this, and that was Benny Hinn at Jesus 20. It was amazing because he used this verse exactly. There is something with this list. Does it mean that Jesus no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecution, hunger, destitute, or danger, or threatened with death? He says, no, obviously not. Why? Because we are, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. This means something. We were talking about this in the previous podcast in the previous episodes that everything that we suffer for with christ just makes us more like him every single day right and this is exactly what this means it's being slaughtered like like sheep every single day but why because it's just how we experience god's love more every single day he allows us to go through certain things to experience the reality of god's love i was mentioning how i had covid that i was sick one day with covid and next thing you know i remember god told me nothing separates and from there, I was still sick. I was still suffering until finally two weeks later, I was actually finally better. And I felt like God was with me the entire time. After that, a new reality of God's grace and forgiveness and, and, his, and his love, his, his, that he's actually there with us, that actually, it changed my life. Those moments changes our lives. Moments of, of poverty. And once God provides, you start to see, man, you were always there. This is just God forming us in the sense of we need to die to ourselves every single day. This is how he does it many times. So it says, for your sake, we are all, for your sake, we are killed every day. For God's sake, we are killed every single day. Denying ourselves every single day through, through all these types of things. It even says it in Romans 5. That these things are caused to, to build a character within us, right? And this actually leads to having a new hope in him. Uh, and then it says, we are being slaughtered like sheep. And 37 says, no, despite all these things, even all after those things that he just mentioned, it says that overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Not just Christ, because people just say, oh, yeah, I have victory through Christ. But we forget who he really is. We use his name in vain many times. I don't know if you people actually understand it. But the Lord actually told me, never use the blood in vain. Never use the blood or my name out of context. If we see in Philippians, we all, we all honestly know that the reason why he has the name above all names is because of what he's done. Because he actually humbled himself to the lowest that he was given the name above all names. Without the cross, without the resurrection, 
the blood. It's, it's, it's the crucifixion. There is no crucifixion. There's no blood being spared. There's no shedding of blood if there's no crucifixion. We, we easily say, oh, we apply the blood of Jesus or we use in Jesus' name or like all this stuff. But we fail to use the context. And this is where the power is always. The context is in what he has done. It's that sacrifice that he's done for us all. If I say his name without actually really understanding where this name came from, then the power of the name actually is lessened within my life. If I say in the blood, in the name of Jesus, you know, I apply the blood upon this or whatever, and we fail to remember where he, where this blood actually came from, then we start to just act really religious and just say things out of religious, out of religion, and then we just fail to really see the power of God moving within our lives, because this is real power. It's all what He's done for us, always. It's always going to be that way. That's why it says here, victory is ours through Christ, but it's him who loved us. In other words, it's like he's just applying the context of who this is, Christ, who loved us. eight says, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. After what he has been through and still remembering who, what he has done, who he is, he is still convinced. This is what faith does. That nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow, not even the power of hell can separate us from God's love. Not even the power of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God. That is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This is the end of the chapter. This is how it all ends. This is the beginning and the end. It's him. Always him. Nothing can separate you from his love. No matter what you've been through, no matter what you've done, no matter how far you go or away from God, that doesn't separate his love from you. He still loves you. He still wants you. Yeah, it might be true that it's us who needs to be t with him who have to run to him to finally really experience God and to be right with God. But in the end, the door is wide open still because of what he's done on that cross. If the cross still stands, if the reality of Jesus is still at play here, so is his love for you. I feel like sometimes we don't run to God because we feel like, man, I really messed it up. I'm not, I'm not right. I'm not okay with God. He's not going to want me to, to be with him right now. I, I can't run to him. But my scripture tells me otherwise. On the contrary, it's actually because of what he has done for us that we're able to just to run to him. This is all we need to believe in this, first of all, before anything else about God. He sent his one and only son. To close the gap between us and him. He closed the gap. By sending his one and only son. To us. This is why I'm centering the gospel 100% with what I'm reading here in Romans. Because it began with this. This is the good news. It's what he promised. The good news is what, 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 it's what, what he promised long ago with the prophets. That he is sending someone. He's sending his son. To restore what was lost in Eden. 
restore relationship with God and man. He's able to encounter you today. He's able to really manifest himself to you today. He is able to just reunite this relationship with you and him today because of what he has done long ago. He sent his one and only son so you can have eternal life right now in this moment. All you have to do is say, Lord, I thank you for what you've done in my life. I thank you for what you, because you, I thank you because you sent your one and only son, Father, so I can be one with you, so I can have this relationship with you. And now I want to just be with you every single day as much as I can. I might be struggling with this. I might be going through something, but you know what? I'm not going to stop. Nothing separates me from your love. I'm the only one who can separate myself from you. If I choose to be separated, I will be separated. But you, Lord, you choose not to be separated. You chose, Lord, to really just give me your all and be here when I need you. This is what you did for my life. This is what the Father does and still is doing right now. All I have to do is accept his love. Just believe, Lord, you know what? I, I, I'm in. <laughs> I give up. You love me and I accept it. And everything changes after that. I'm going to read this verse one more time from the beginning. Uh, these, these verses from the beginning. And then we'll end it here. It says, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give up everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? This is who we are, we're chosen. No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself because of what Jesus has done for us, right? Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor and God's right hand pleading for us. Can anyone ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves me if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death. As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. Man, he's doing this simply so we can believe more deeply that he's always with us. This entire stuff that you're going through right now, I want to just tell you this. Whatever you're going through right now, even if you feel like your faith is falling apart, he's allowing this in your life. So once it actually does recuperate, you can always see, man, he was always there with me. He was always there with me, and he will always be with me. Nothing separates me from his love. Even when I separate myself from the love of God, he still runs after me as much as possible. This tug in your heart that says, man, I, I need to return. I need to go back. That's still him. Just the, the, reality, the fact that we're like, oh, man, I did not do okay. I, I'm not doing right. That's him. That's him always just pulling on your heart because he loves you so much. And it says, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. In other words, everything is based off the love of God. In other words, he is just trying to show you how much he loves you every single day. With all that you're going through, he's just showing you how much he loves you. It's kind of weird to say it in our natural minds. That's not how you show love. That's human love. God's love is so much more deeper than just human love. He's going to show you how much he loves you. By allowing so many things in your life. And in the end, he's just going to show you how, how amazing he's been always. That he's still there holding you with, the, with these arms of a father still in your life. 
No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ, who loved us. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons. Neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Nothing can separate us from them. Not even our worries about tomorrow. Not even the power of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed. <laughs> so cool. That is revealed in Christ Jesus. You want to know how much God loves you? Just look at Jesus. Look at what he's done for you. This is his love revealed to us here on earth. People say, man, you got to show me that you're real. And that's why Jesus said on earth to a wicked generation who only asks for a sign. I only give them one. That's the sign of Jonah. That's the crucifixion and the resurrection. I'm going to show these people who I am. But how much I love them. He was crucified. He was murdered. But then he resurrected. All of that combined just shows us how much God loves us. How much he loves you. So I want to pray before we end this. Praying that he encounters us more through this wonderful love that he has for us. We cannot have God's love without the crucifixion and the resurrection. Then we'll have our own interpretation of God's love, which is a human, humanistic love. That he's going to give me things. That's not God. He gave his one and only son before anything. And he will give. But once we believe that he has given everything first, and that we receive this everything constantly, day to day, after, every single day, every single day, we all just receive this love every single day. Being in his presence every single day is super important because without his cross and resurrection, there is no presence of our lives. It's just himself. He just wants to be with us. This is all we're able to be right with, standing with him because of what he's done. So, Father, I thank you for every single person who's listening. I pray that you just begin to just overwhelm them with your love constantly. Just overshadow them with your love right now in this moment. Just give them the reality that you have sent your son for them. That they have the value of the son of heaven, that you, Jesus, gave your life for them, that the blood that you shed was for them. And I pray, Lord, that you begin to break every single thing that the enemy is putting in their head that says that they are not loved by God, that they don't see God in their situation. That means that God doesn't love them. That is not true, Father. We thank you because you are the way, the truth, and the life. And your truth says that you love them and you prove it on a cross. Those scars on your hands, the scars on your feet say otherwise. You have them today still. Lord, I just pray that those marks mark their soul today. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, just fill them with the reality of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus right now. The love of God just overflow in their lives right now in Jesus' name. I declare that in this moment, Lord, that they begin to see what you have done for them and that their hearts are wide open to receiving your love in your beautiful name i pray amen guys thank you so much for listening guys if there's anything you guys want or need if there's anything you guys need prayer for just let us know on our instagram or facebook pages just give us a message and we'll definitely pray for you guys 
Um, but the Lord is doing something amazing in these days, and he's just wanting us to remember what he has done. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. Hope this blessed you. I pray that it blesses you. And if it did, please share it with the others. Um, I just want to make sure that everyone knows that God loves them, right, in these days. So, so guys, thank you so much. I appreciate everything that you're doing for us. And uh, that we continue. We're going to continue on with Chapter 9 next week. So, all right, guys, thank you so much for listening. Hope you guys are staying safe and you guys are doing very well. Thank you, guys. Take care. Bye-bye.